this week on Hope for the Broken. I think it's important and healthy in the life of a church to be reminded of the vision that God has called us to so that we keep that in the forefront, so that we understand what it is that we are striving for and what it is that we are working toward. And so today is one of those days. It is impossible for me to share with you every single detail of what all is gonna be happening in the life of our church in this coming year. I am so fired up about the future of Trinity Baptist Church. I think the best is yet to come. Welcome to Hope for the Broken, the audio podcast ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Mount Pleasant, Texas. I'm your host, Austin Mahoney. We exist to become a gospel-centered community, redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ. At Trinity, we believe we are all broken and in need of the redeeming hope found in Jesus. For more information about our church, visit us on our website at trinitytx.org. This week is Vision Sunday as we look at the upcoming academic year and all the amazing learning opportunities in store for us. Here's our pastor, Chris Wigley, to tell us all about Vision Sunday. A couple of times a year, we set aside a Sunday to go through what we call Vision Sunday. And and this is to keep the vision before us. You know, I think in a lot of organizations, regardless of what their mission is, a lot of organizations do the hard work of developing mission and vision and strategies, but sometimes that's where it ends. And it just becomes this side piece that, that we lose focus on. Well, I think it's important and healthy in the life of a church to be reminded of the vision that God has called us to so that we keep that in the forefront and so that we understand what it is that we are striving for and what it is that we are working toward. And so today is one of those days in which we're going to do that. And we're going to take a look at our vision statement. We're going to talk about some strategies and we're going to talk about some initiatives of things that are that are coming up. And let me just give a disclaimer here. It is impossible for me to share with you every single detail of what all is going to be happening in the life of our church in this coming year. Uh, But I'm going to hit the highlights here this morning, uh, just a few of the highlights even, and, and share with you where we are headed. And let me just say this to begin too. I am so fired up about the future of Trinity Baptist Church. I think the best is yet to come for our church. And we've experienced God move in powerful ways, even this morning, celebrating believers' baptism. But I believe, church family, the best is yet to come. And so I want to jump in by turning to one of my favorite Bible passages. I want to invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to look at verses 35 through 38, as I believe it is the perfect setup for what we were calling Vision Sunday. Now, before we dive into this passage, I want to make mention of our church's vision statement. How many of you, uh, you you know our our church's vision statement? Anybody? Okay. Well, I was once told, I read in a book, a leadership book somewhere, that you could tell if the vision truly is the vision if random people in your organization were selected and asked, what is the vision of the church? And they could all say the same thing. So what we're going to do is we're going to pass around a microphone to see if you know the vision. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. But I do want us to say it together. And I do want to ask you, church family, to memorize it. And so if you need to write this down or if you need to uh, rehearse it or go back and listen to the sermon, and I I want this to become our heartbeat. This is who God is calling us to be, okay? And so I'm going to say it, and then I want us to repeat it together, okay? Our vision is to we exist to become a gospel-centered community, redeeming brokenness through hope. In Jesus Christ. 
That's what we are to be about. And so I want us to say it together. I want us to visualize something. We're in the locker room, right? We're fixing to storm the field, and we're going to take the enemy by surprise, but this is our rally cry, right? And so imagine that we're huddled up in the locker room, and we're going to say this together right as we break to go take the field by storm. Okay, you guys with me? Can y'all say that with me? Okay, here we go. Ready? We exist to become a gospel-centered community, redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ. Awesome! Hearing that echo in this place is one of the best sounds I've ever heard. That is who God has called us to be. Now, the question that I want to answer is why? Why should we make this a priority in the life of our church? Why should we pursue the achievement of this vision? Well, I think that's where Matthew 9 comes into play. So let's look at it. I want to first read all the verses, 35 through 38. And then I want to mention three foundational truths to pursuing passionately our vision. It says this, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. You know what that is? That's brokenness. Verse 36, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Why? Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's more brokenness. Verse 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Real quickly, three things, and then I want to get to key initiatives that I want to share with you about. First, we must be motivated by what we see. In order to have the drive to be able to see the vision accomplished, we've got to be motivated in what we see. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is at the height of his ministry. He's traveling. He's he's visiting with people. He's healing diseases. He's quite literally the busiest man on the planet at this time. Crowds are beginning to form all around him. And what happens? Verse 36. It says, when he saw. Here's my question. What did Jesus see? When it says when he saw the crowds, what exactly is it that Jesus saw? Did he just see faces? Did he just see a massive crowd? I don't think so. I think in the omniscience of the Lord Jesus Christ and the divine nature of the Lord Jesus, I think he saw people. He saw souls. I think he saw the hurting. I think he saw the hopeless. And I think he was motivated by what he saw. Here's the question that I have for our church. When we look out upon the landscape of our community, what do we see? I mean, do we just see people and faces, people coming and people going? Or do we take the time to see past that? Do we take the time to notice the hurting? To notice the broken? Listen, there is brokenness all around us. The question is, is, do we see it? Because listen, there is no motivation to accomplish the vision unless you first see the need. 
We've got to see the brokenness in our area so that that will serve as a motivation to accomplish it. Our community, our country, the world, people is broken. We see it everywhere around us. People are searching for fulfillment and purpose. Many people are lost. They're facing an eternity separated from God in a real place called hell. Oh, but God saw fit 40 years ago to establish Trinity Baptist Church. And God has worked so evidently through this church so as to sustain this church for over 40 years. My question is, why? Why has God done that? Is it just so we can gather in here and sing incredible worship songs? Or is it for more? I believe that God has positioned Trinity Baptist Church uniquely to be a beacon of hope and a proclaimer of the gospel to our community, but even beyond, into the world. But we first have to see the need. We need to be motivated by what we see. Secondly, Jesus was moved by what he sensed. We, if we're going to accomplish the vision, we got to be literally moved by what it is that we sense. Jesus said in verses 37, uh, 36, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. The word compassion, I want you to to make that stand out. You circle it, highlight it, underline it, whatever you need to do in your Bible to cause that word to stand out. That word, literally translated from the original text, means uh, felt in the inward parts. Jesus had compassion for them. He felt for them in his inward parts. It's referring to the gut, the heart, the bowels is what specifically that word is talking about. Have you ever felt something in your gut? You felt something in the pit of your stomach? Have you ever been bothered by something? It just so moved you? That's just what Jesus says. When it says he had compassion, he was moved by what he felt. See, it's one thing to see the need. It's a whole other thing to feel it. And so I'm asking you, church family, to feel it, to feel the need. On a gut level, kind of feel the need, right? Because we don't have the drive to overcome obstacles in accomplishing our vision unless we truly see it and we truly feel it. And so we need to feel it on a gut level. Jesus was motivated by what he saw. He was moved by what he sensed. The third component to us accomplishing our vision is that we need to realize what what we've been mandated in what Jesus said. What we are mandated to do by what Jesus said. Look at verses 37 and 38. Then he, being Jesus, said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. See, it was the combination of what Jesus saw and what he felt that compelled Jesus to speak. And not only did he speak, he issued a command to his disciples, not only his disciples then, but to us as his disciples today. We've been issued, we've been mandated a command from our Lord and Savior. It's as if Jesus is saying, hey, hey, fellas, come here. Do you see it? 
And I can imagine Peter, you know, I mean, you know Peter, like speak first, think later kind of guy. I think he's like, what are we seeing? And, and Jesus is having to say, no, 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 no. I want you to look at the crowds. Tell me what you see in the crowds. I think he was rallying his disciples to say, I need you to see the hopelessness. I need you to see the hurt. I need you to feel the pain of this people. Why? Because it would be required for his disciples to see and to feel before he gives them this great commission that he gives them. Fast forward to today. We are his disciples. I believe this is a moment in the life of our church where Jesus is calling us to see the crowds and to feel the the lostness, to feel the brokenness, to feel the hopelessness so that we then respond to his command. Because see, Jesus says, here's what I want you to do, disciples. The, The problem is not necessarily the brokenness. The problem is that there's too few workers. You see that? That's the problem that Jesus highlights. There's too few workers in the field. It's not that the harvest isn't plentiful. It's too few workers. So here's what I want you to do, disciples. I want you to pray to the Lord of the harvest that the Lord will send workers into the harvest. Why would Jesus do that? Well, in Isaiah chapter 6, the prophet Isaiah is having this incredible worship experience with God. And in the midst of that worship experience, Isaiah hears God say, Whom will I send? And what did did Isaiah say? Send me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. The whole idea is that we are the very answer to the prayer that Jesus is asking us to pray. Trinity Baptist Church, we need to see that the fields are ripe for harvest. The problem is, is that the workers are few. I believe God is calling us to see the need, to feel it, but to spring into action. Because see, here's the truth. We are not a cruise line ship. We don't exist to just digest the buffet of everything that we think is good and wonderful. No, our church desires to be an aircraft carrier. Positioned near the battle, deploying people into the battle, And being a source where the people who have been in the battle can come back and be refueled and bandaged up to be sent back out into the battle again. After the first service, I had someone who served in the Navy come back up and tell me, you need to know one of the creeds of the Navy, specifically of an aircraft carrier. The the creed of those who serve on the aircraft carrier, the purpose that they often recite is that we are positioned to project into battle. Man, that made this illustration come alive even more for me. Beloved, we are positioned here to project you and me into the battle for the sake of the gospel and for the advancement of the kingdom. But we got to see it. We got to feel it. And we got to know that God has commanded us to do it. So, by the way, who's ready for that? You ready for that? I am. I'm ready to go. I'm asking you to get in the game with me. So now, let me tell you how we're going to do that specifically coming up in some key initiatives that we have coming up. Initiatives that will help us to become a gospel-centered community. 
redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ this year. But here's the deal. This is only the peak of the iceberg. That's all I have time to give you today. But not only do we have a vision statement, we also have strategy points to accomplish that vision. Our strategy is trusting Jesus in worship, transforming lives and community, and telling others by living on mission. This is how I want to frame our key initiatives. As we accomplish the strategy, we'll accomplish our vision. First, trusting Jesus through worship. Over the past year, we have seen significant growth in worship attendance. Year to date, we are averaging 548 people in worship each week. That is a 31% increase over the prior year. That's crazy. But I want you to hear me carefully. It is not our goal to be the, quote, happening church in town. I don't want any part of that. You know why? Because relevancy, coolness, it fades. But who God has called us to be endures forever. I don't want to be the cool place. I want to be the healing place. I don't want to be the happening place. I want to be the place where spiritual growth happens and people are sent and we make a real difference in the kingdom. That's what I want to be. You know, in fact, in, in Starting Point, which is our workshop for people who want to join our church or learn more about our church, and by the way, the next Starting Point is next Sunday during this service, so you can come to the 930 service and then go to Starting Point. At Starting Point, we, we share with everybody what our goal is, how we gauge success. We don't gauge success by how many people come in the, the, this room. That's not success to us. Success to us is how many people we send out, right, into the battle, send forth. That's where our sights are set. Yes, increasing numbers of people in here only mean more people to send out, but our focus is not just on gathering a huge crowd in here. Our focus is on sending people, sending you, sending me each and every day of our lives to live on mission. A couple of initiatives we have coming up pertaining to the area of worship. Next Sunday, August the 20th, I'll be launching a new uh, teaching series that we're called uh, Biblical Family in a Modern World. You probably had one of these in your seats or close by in your seat here this morning. I would encourage you to take that. The bottom is perforated. You can take that off and use it as an invite card to come. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but family, the family unit's under attack in our culture. How do we order our lives concerning a biblical view? So we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about finance matters. We're going to talk about raising godly kids. We're going to talk about leaving a legacy. All things that, that the Scripture speaks to. And so we're going to launch that this next Sunday. So I hope that you'll be a part of that. But what I'm really excited about, not only just teaching through that series, is how we are going to resource you, families. This summer, we organized a team among us, our staff that we are calling the Family Ministry Team. And the purpose of this team is to explore and to create events, resources, and trainings to come alongside you as you raise a godly family. You may say, well, I'm a grandparent. Right? Like I don't, I don't really, oh, you've got influence over your grandkids. I'm a single parent. It's kind of hard for me to do this. We're making it as easy as possible for you 
to invest in the life of your kids. By the way, if you are a part of a single, if you are a single parent, can I just tell you something? I want you to hear me say this. You may not have chosen to be that, but God can use that in a powerful way. You need to know that. And we're, we're supporting you in that. We're behind you in that. And we want to equip you in it. So let me share with you how this resource is going to work. We call it Have a Convo. We want to turn parents and kids' hearts toward one another. You know, those of you that are parents, you know this very well, right? Like life is so busy that it's hard to get time to just talk. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to be intentional with your time. It can be around a meal time. It can be while you're driving kids to school. It could be while you're at the park on a picnic, bedtime, whenever, right? I want you to set aside intentional time. Grandparents, set aside intentional time with your grandkids. And on the back, what we have is we have two sections. We have discussion starters just to get the conversation going. And we've broken them into three different age groups. There's preschool discussion starters, there's elementary discussion starters, and there's teenage discussion starters. Things like, what makes you laugh? If you had one superpower, what would it be? If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would you eat? Just to get the conversation started. And then each week, we want to ask you to ask one of the pressing in questions. It'll kind of serve as a companion to what we're going to be teaching through our teaching series, Biblical Family in a Modern World. Questions like, why is the Bible important to our family? What do you think God says about marriage? What does the Bible say about family? How much would you say God loves us? How does that speak to how we ought to love others? Right? These are moving, powerful questions, and there's many, many more. We're going to be putting that in your hands to serve as a resource for that. I'm pretty proud of our team in putting that together and coming alongside you in that. We are also, for those of you that are married, going to challenge you to have a date night each week. Date night. Challenge is on, right? And here's what we want you to do. We want you to take a picture of your date night. Now, it could be a date night or it could be a lunch, whenever. It's important to have conversation. We want you to take a picture, post it on social media, and this is what I want you to do. do that, use the hashtag Trinity Date Night Challenge. You say, well, why do, why do we need to do that? That way we can find it. We can see them. And what we're going to do is we're going to select a few each week and we'll feature them on our pre-service announcements. So fellas, get on your A game and let's see what you got, right? And let's do a date night challenge together. Right. So many other things happening. I wish I could tell you about it. That's the highlight, right? That's coming down immediately. So that's trusting Jesus through worship. You guys good with that? Does that sound like fun? Y'all are a dead crowd today. <laughs> Sounds like fun to me. All right, number two, transforming lives and community. We believe that spiritual growth does not happen in a vacuum. It doesn't happen in isolation. It happens in community. God has wired us for relationships, and he leverages those relationships for spiritual growth. And here's the thing I I need to tell you. As our church grows larger in this large group room, we must, hear me, we must grow smaller in small group rooms. That means that we need to create new groups. We need to move people who are not connected in a group into a group. 
one of Pastor Jeff's passions and desires as, as the point leader for the discipleship ministry of our church is to get help adults get connected in a group. You need a group. I need a group. So if you're not connected in a group, I want you to see Pastor Jeff today right outside the missions wall, and he can tell you all the groups that we're having to offer. Now you may say, well, there's not really a group for me. We'll start one. That's how much we believe in it. And some of y'all are going to start a group this year. You're going to be like, I don't know how to do that, and I don't think I have the time for that. We've created easy strategies for you to do just that. Pastor Jeff wants to equip you to do it. The reason why we want to uh, give you these resources is because we believe wholeheartedly that life transformation happens best in community. So get connected in a group. That's transforming lives in community. Now let's talk about telling others by living on mission. When we talk about living on mission, I think sometimes that can become a buzzword, right? When we talk about living on mission, we're talking about being intentional in your everyday life. When Jesus gave us the great commission, he was essentially saying, as you are going, as you would go about your everyday life, make disciples. You don't have your job just by happenstance. You don't live in the neighborhood that you live in just on a whim because you like the house. You don't frequent the places you frequent just because they fit your fancy. You know, you do so with kingdom eyes. God has strategically placed you where you are every moment to be a disciple maker. Are you making disciples? Are you living on mission? As far as a church, we strategize to do this in three ways on the campus, in the city, and around the world. So I want to talk about how you live on mission in each of those areas. Number one, on the campus. You live on mission on campus by serving in a ministry. Did you know our preschool ministry is up 85%? A couple of weeks ago, there were 102 kids that checked in in preschool area. You need to pray for Candy Dorsey, right? I mean, that's a lot of kids. And who's going to tell them about Jesus? Who's going to sing over them that God loves you? We need you to volunteer to, to get in the game. Our kids' ministry this past year has experienced 30% growth. Student ministry is poised to grow significantly this year. We need you to get in the game with us. Because here's the deal. It is so important to me that little kids, preschoolers, know that there is a God that loves them. It is so important to me, and it should be for you, that elementary kids have a biblical foundation. And you know what? It's absolutely vital for the health of our future that our teenagers know that they have a purpose and an identity in Christ. But it takes you and I to tell them that. It takes you and I to get in the game and to say, I'm willing to serve. After service, in the first service, someone came up to me and says, I'm willing to work with teenagers. I'm like, you need to meet Eric. Like, that's a rare breed, right? But praise God for it. Listen, if you want to get connected by serving on the campus, you come back tonight, 5.30. We have leadership training, and we would love to plug you into a ministry. Now, that's on the campus. Let's talk about in the city. 
There are two main in the city initiatives that I am fired up about. In fact, even right now, I have goosebumps trying to tell you guys about it. The first one is this. We are launching Celebrate Recovery next month. Leaders Kenny and Marilyn Logan began working in January, developing a leadership team in the hopes that we would be able to launch in January of 2024. It has gone so well, and the leadership team is so bought in, we're going to launch it next month. Let me tell you about what CR is all about. CR is all about helping people who have a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up. And if we're honest in this room, every one of us have hurts. Every one of us probably has a habit. And we definitely have hang-ups that trip us up in life. Who is CR for? It's for everyone. We're going to be launching that. I have a video to share with you what Celebrate Recovery is all about. Let me direct your attention to the screen. Celebrate Recovery is a place where you can feel safe to talk about anything that you're going through. Since I've been going to Celebrate Recovery, it has changed me in a lot of ways. Uh, Most importantly, I'm able to rely on others to help me through certain hardships. I've also been able to rely on the Lord more in His faithfulness to help heal past hurts, habits, and hangups. Celebrate Recovery is a program for anybody uh, to come to to help them get over any hurts or habits or hangups or pain that they've gone through and ages are everybody. Celebrate Recovery has deeply impacted my life in the last seven months that I've gone through it. I started it out um, with the sole goal of helping troubled teens. And during this process, I've learned that it's not just troubled teens that need help. It can break down walls. It broke down my walls. I was very isolated before uh, starting Celebrate Recovery. And during this process, I've actually reached out to more than one person uh, to help when life gets really hard. and. I hope to bring that light to teenagers and let them know that they're not alone in life, that God's here and we're here. Celebrate Recovery is freedom. That's the best word that I can say that closely describes what Celebrate Recovery means to me. Participating in Celebrate Recovery has helped me find myself. I have a new sense of direction and a closer relationship to God, one that I never thought I could possibly have. And I wish everybody could have that relationship. Celebrate Recovery is set up for anyone to come. You don't have to be dealing with drug addiction or alcohol addiction. You can just be someone who's dealing with pain, with um, emotional pain or spiritual hurts. Um, anyone should come. CR can help all everybody. I mean, there's people that are codependent and we don't know we are, uh, people that have anger issues, people that just want help with any kind of struggle that they're encountering. Celebrate Recovery can help 
anyone. Um, addictions, yes, but it's also there for people just dealing with life. Life is hard. The world brings you down and God says we're not to be alone and to lift each other up and draw closer to Him. How awesome is that? <clears throat> I want to make sure that you mark your calendar for Tuesday night, September the 12th. As Celebrate Recovery has invited us to a preview service. You want to know what Celebrate Recovery is all about? You come to that. And you talk about redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ. This ministry exists for that purpose. And so I'm excited about that. I want to mention one other in initiative. Months ago, we applied with the Tim Tebow Foundation to be a host site for their Night to Shine. Night to Shine is an unforgettable prom experience. <laughs> Centered on God's love for people with special needs ages 14 and older. We were selected to be a host site for 2024. We've also been the recipient of a $6,500 grant dedicated towards pulling it off. If you have a question about what a night to shine is, I want to direct your attention to the screen here. We believe the God of this universe sees you as a king or a queen every single day of your life. That is how valuable you are. That is how special you are. That is how loved you are. And we get to celebrate you tonight and every day of your life because we believe in God's eyes, you are a king and a queen. Every heartland, farm town, fence post, sun. Every West Coast big break queen. All your high-rise, skyline, concrete kids. Every zip code in between. Grab your first time from porch pounding heart and gas up your Chevrolet. Cause the sun's half gone and it won't be long till we make our getaway. This is our time.
How awesome is that? Mark your calendar, February the 9th, 2024. You need to get your dancing shoes. And yes, Baptists are going to dance that night. And we're going to have a blast in this, in this place. That's some in-the-city initiatives that are coming up. What about around the world? And i got to move quickly. We not only mobilize our church on the campus and in the city, but also globally. And here's what I need you guys to do. I need every one of us to get your passport. We say, why, why do you need to get a passport? Well, you know what the number one reason why people say that they can't go on an international mission trip? They don't have one. We're going to eliminate that reason. And here's a, here's a dream that I have in the life of our church. By the year 2030, I want every one of us to have gone on a short-term international mission trip. We could do that. We can make that happen. And here's the deal. I promise you, if you'll go on a short-term international mission trip, it'll change your life. It'll change your life forever. Everybody get your passport. If you need help getting your passport, I volunteered Brittany Burns to help you <laughs> get, your, get your passport. We're going to continue to expand our church planting efforts. Our missions team right now is exploring partnerships, potential partnerships in Seattle, Washington, one of the most unchurched regions of the United States. Did you know that? We're going to continue our partnership with Redemption City and Fort Worth, return to Honduras this summer to put on a vacation Bible school. Here's the deal. In order for us to put on vacation Bible school on Honduras, we need 20 people to sign up for that trip. And so now's the time to start planning for it. Now's the time to start working towards that end. Let's go. And I don't want it to always be the same people, okay? It needs to be all of us. This is an opportunity for all of us. So I'm looking forward to a great year of trusting Jesus, worship, transforming lives and community, and telling others by living on mission. Are you ready? Let's go. You ready? Let's do it. There is one major initiative that I want to visit with you about. Something that we are calling the Next 40 Initiative. In January of this year, Trinity Baptist Church celebrated 40 years of existence as a church. And we gathered to celebrate that weekend in January, and it was a fun weekend. But that has served as a catalyst in my heart and in the heart of our elder council and also our stewardship team to begin dreaming and thinking, what does God have in store for us for the next 40 years? So in February of 2022, we began brainstorming. Where is God working and how can we join him in working in that? It didn't take long for us as we surveyed the demographics of our church to realize that with the increase in preschool kids and student ministries uh, and, the, and the increase in young families that are coming, that God is calling us over the next 40 years to reach the next generation for Christ. And so we began thinking, what are one-year goals, three-year goals, five-year goals in order to help us to achieve what we believe to be that calling? And we looked programmatically. What are programs that we can begin to offer? This is why the family ministry team was created, to come alongside young families and to help you disciple your kids, which is the greatest calling upon your life. And we want to resource you. We want to train you. We want to provide events that will help you in that endeavor. That's part of reaching the next generation for Christ. But we also began examining our facilities. Are there any limitations 
to our facilities or any additions that we can make to our facilities to position us for the next 40 years to reach the next generation for Christ? What legacy are we willing to leave for those that will come behind us so long as the Lord tarries? And so we identified three main areas that we would like to address on our facility, with regards to our facility. First is kids' ministry area enhancements. If you have not been on our playground, our playground is in disrepair, and we have worked hard to patch and repatch that playground equipment. The fall zones were established for safety measures and safety uh, standards in the 80s. Those have changed. So we would like to expand and replace our current playground equipment there in the kids' ministry areas. I've got a picture here to show you what it's going to look like. Efforts are already underway for that. Current playground area is 3,600 square feet. In this expansion, the playground area will be 6,800 square feet, increasing the footprint of play area by 89%. The new equipment that is featured in this drawing brings us into compliance with national safety standards and will also be ADA accessible. We'll be adding a play area for our toddlers, and each play area will be surrounded by a safety fence. We will have the ability to hold 154 kids at any one time. And so we'd also like to, out there, there's a basketball goal and a basketball court pad, half court. We would like to replace that goal that was there, I think, in the 80s with a more updated and more sturdy basketball goal and to paint that court with a legitimate half court basketball surface. In addition to that, we are committed to providing the safest environments we can for your kids. In working with our critical incident management team, our SIM team, as well as a church safety consultant, we would like to install two access control structures in our kids' areas. These will be glass structures, think shopping center windows, with electronic strike controls that would create a more secure area in our kids' wing, while also maintaining aesthetics and line-of-sight goals. These two structures we constructed in the kids' wing, causing it to become a secure, more secure environment. So we have the playground and the expansion safety. Third in this kids' expansion would be the kids' worship center. Since COVID 2020, our kids have been worshiping in the quad, which is the education uh, rooms that can be subdivided with moving walls there. Uh, down towards the kids' ministry area. We've converted that into a kids' worship space. And good thing, too, because there's very limited kids' ministry back there. And over the past four and a half years, the kids' ministry has been increasing in size to the point that they're running out of space. They need the quad. And we as a church, to reach the next generation, we need to make a commitment to say, not only are we willing to give you this space, we want to permanently give you that space. We would like to convert the quad into a legitimate kids' worship center so that legitimate kids' worship can be experienced and led by our kids. This would install a garage door on the side of the room for kids to safely enter and exit worship. It would include audio, video, and lighting enhancements that would mimic the worship center in here. We would remove the folding walls and repaint it, making it uniquely a kids' area. We'll also be adding resources to minister to our increasing number of special needs kiddos. The total estimated cost 
for this kids ministry enhancement is $351,000. I'm excited to tell you that just in the discussions with our leadership team, we have already been contributed $380,000. And so, amen. So those projects are now being initiated as we speak. Now, there are additional next 40 projects where we are gonna ask you to pray about sacrificially giving to make it happen, and here's our commitment. Because some of you are like, didn't you just get out of debt in January? Yes, we did. We're not planning to go back there. (laughs) We will do this and execute the remaining projects as we have cash in hand. That is our commitment at this point, okay? If something changes, we'll let you know, but that is our desire to see happen. So we can't leave our students, our teenagers, out of this expansion, right? They're important, and they're important in reaching the next generation. You know, I think oftentimes student ministry, because I was a student minister, is oftentimes out of sight, out of mind. We can't have that mentality here at Trinity. We've got to be intentional in developing teenagers for the cause of Christ, and so Southside uh, needs some significant upgrades. With the addition of our student worship band, it needs significant audio, video, and lighting changes. In addition to these changes, we'd also like to upgrade furniture as well as outdoor and indoor games to be an attraction for teenagers equipped with a nice basketball goal there and painted half court there and video game stations on the inside. It is also a dream of ours to extend a pavilion out from the building of Southside where we can have a shaded area for events and activities. We would also want to, beyond that pavilion, create a multi-purpose activity court or something like it for kids to play on each week. It could be pickleball or whatever that, that they want to play. It would also benefit our outdoor family fun nights. And so we see that the need for that. Also, in that expansion with Southside, we would like to increase the safety enhancements across our campus. In working with our safety consultant, it revealed a need for cameras inside and outside our facility, as well as uniformed lock controls for all major entrances into our facility. And so we would like to also construct a perimeter fence in that phase that would extend and enclose, encapsulate the entire backyard of our, uh, of our campus, of our, of our site, that would increase the safety of kids at play on the back, back lawn. So that would be coupled with the south side addressments. Finally, what we would like to do in order to reach the next generation for Christ is to construct a covered sports court. If you've been to Oaklawn Park and you've seen their new uh, structure, it's an open-air covered structure, basketball court, you do other activities on it, we would like to build something similar that would have the ability to expand in the future into a full-size gym. And we believe that these projects will help us reach the next generation of Christ. The first section, done. We're on the way. We need your help to help make it happen to do the remaining projects. If you would say, hey, you know, how can I give towards that? Maybe you're, you're praying about what you could potentially contribute above and beyond your tithe to say, hey, I want to support something like that. We've made it easy. We've already created a line item with the, with the help of our stewardship team that's labeled Next 40. 
you would like to contribute to that, you can write in your check next 40 and we will designate those funds to accomplish those projects. Even if you give online, there is a designation online where you can give toward the next 40 initiative. And we're working still on a lot of bids. I'm just wanting to throw this out there at you. We're going to start cleaning up all the pieces as we move forward here. We're waiting still on some, some bids to come back. But here's what I want you to hear me say. As we dream about reaching the next generation for Christ, what legacy are we willing to leave behind? What sacrifices are we willing to make so that the next generation can know and follow Jesus and carry the torch? I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the opportunity to do just that. And again, I'm excited that Trinity is in a position that we can dream about these things and that we can pursue these things. And I'm asking all of us, this is, this is an all hands on deck kind of thing. This is, a, this is a whole church deal. This isn't on just a few of us. But this is an opportunity for us to go all in in reaching the next generation. You're listening to Trinity Baptist Church's Hope for the Broken podcast. If you would like to learn more about this ministry, visit us online at trinitytx.org. That's trinitytx.org. Here's Pastor Chris to wrap up our time together. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad that you found this podcast. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. It is our goal at Trinity to lead everyone into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have questions about what it means to trust Jesus as the Lord of your life, we would love to connect with you. Please feel free to give us a call at 903-572-1959 or email us at info at If you are ever in the East Texas area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 930 or 11 a.m. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you. We pray that you have experienced hope today. If you would like to support the ministries of Trinity Baptist Church with a financial gift, you can do so by giving online. Simply log on to trinitytx.org and click the Give tab. Be sure to join us next week as we look into God's Word on Hope for the Broken.